Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Almost live from the trenches of New York City, here are your middle aged warriors, Chris Samino and Rick Summers. So, welcome to the show. Once again, it's uh, Rick Summers and my friend Chris Samino, your middle aged warriors. How are you, Mr. Samino? All right, hanging in there. This is starting to become kind of the normal scenario, though I, I have to admit I still make sure company being present in the same room and doing this show, but uh, this is not bad. You know, we're in the Zoom world now, but at least we still get to see each other. So it's a pretty... You know, and I have a question for you coming out of television where watching local TV now, uh, here in New York especially, it's amazing to me to see all the anchors broadcasting from their homes. And I've decided that everybody's interior decorator looks the same because everybody's got an obligatory plant behind them. Everybody's got a, some kind of picture behind them. Well, I think I, you know, the blank white wall might be a little too sterile for most, but you know, you look at Chuck Scarborough, he's got a whole library behind him. So let's not mess around here. Some, some people. Well, yeah, as well he should. So welcome to Middle Age Warriors on the Believe Podcast Network, Chris, Rick, and we have a very special guest today. We're so excited to welcome somebody I've had the good fortune of knowing for a bunch of years now. Uh, Valerie, my wife, has worked with our, our guest on many an occasion, and I'm going to let Cheryl Benton say hello and welcome on board and welcome to Middle Age Warriors. Well, hello. I'm so excited to be here. It's so great to have you, and I want to talk about your website because really, without Chris and I even knowing that there was a Three Tomatoes website, which I'm going to have you explain, Chris and I sat down a couple of years ago and we said, you know what, we really need to do something from a guy perspective of back then we were in our early 50s and now we're in our later 50s. And uh, it really is kind of the uh, flip side to your coin of the Three Tomatoes. So tell us about Three Tomatoes, what it represents and basically how it became the household word that it's becoming. <laughs> I like I like that positive spin on it. That's terrific. So anyway, I, I had spent my career in the New York City advertising agency. And then, I don't know, somewhere around, I, I lost track of years, dates, time, anyway. So, but somewhere around 2009, I'd left the agency business and I started a marketing consulting business. But I was starting to have, and I was living and working in New York City at the time, and I was starting to have these conversations with my friends, you know, and these were women who were very accomplished women, had, you know, great careers in their 50s, 60s, beyond. And we were starting to have conversations about starting to feel like the oldest person in the conference room and starting to feel a little marginalized and that living and working in New York City, which I like to call the land of, you know, 20 something size zeros, we were starting to also say, you know, nobody's talking to us anymore. Where do we even shop for clothes anymore and not feel like we're, you know, dressing like our, our teenage daughters? And where, where do you find a restaurant now where you can actually have a conversation? So we were having all these conversations. And then we realized that we were now at that age where we, we had left that prize demographic. <laughs> we, 
we were yeah. past that. And marketers, we had really fallen off the radar of, of marketers who didn't really care about us anymore. So I thought, you know what, let's just, we'll just have a conversation with ourselves. So really just for the fun of it, I started this newsletter called The Three Tomatoes. I sent it to 60 friends and it just took on a life of its own from there. And it just took off because obviously it struck a chord with a lot of other women who were who were starting to feel that way. Can you explain where the, I mean, we've all heard the term, especially from a male perspective, oh, she's a hot tomato. Well, you and see, it, uh, so many people don't know that, but that's exactly where it came from. I mean, my father's generation, he, you know, instead of saying she's hot, she's a tomato. And for people who are people who are fans of Mad Men, they've used they use that term quite a lot in 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 Mad Men. But the way the the way it came about for me with that name was when I worked in the ad agency business, we had this wonderful uh, CEO of our agency, and there were three women top executives. I was one of them, and the other two, and and the three of us happened to be best friends. And he had coined us the Three Tomatoes. And I I didn't I never wanted to actually mention age at the Three Tomatoes. So we never it, it's for women who aren't kids. So it's sort of you find your way there, and you figure out if you're if you're one of them. And the tomato thing was kind of a throwback to I think uh, a different fun time and a tomato has a saucy you know a tomato was you know yeah. kind of saucy sassy you know so that was that was how we started it my so. italiano friend over there who is big on tomatoes and loves to cook it's a good marinara sauce just throw in a little bacon <laughs> the fry with you. <laughs> so you're simmering was, simmering slowly yeah so if we were to do a male version would it be like three pickles what, what would we yeah. <laughs> the three cucumbers i don't know <laughs> oh, wow. Thank you. <laughs> we'd, we'd probably be called the three dill pickles <laughs> very I good still, Chris. i still have a question off the top though cheryl because something always struck me dealing with uh for women dealing with being career women but also being moms now you're a mom Correct. Yes, yeah. Grandma, if I may add that, and a happy grandma. But I always found the concept, like a man technically could sort of have it all. He could have his career, come home and do the things he had to do as dad. And everybody would say, hey, he's a good dad and he's a, he takes care of the family, puts a roof over the head, that kind of thing. But for a mom, sometimes if they go off into their career, then they get criticized or ostracized by even other women. So how did you how did you deal with that type of thing and how do you what would you tell people and young women today trying to move in that direction and trying to have it all Yeah well you know I my when my generation came of age, we were um, the kind of the first in our generation who really started to step into management roles and and careers so we didn't have a lot of role models there for sure. Um, and when people always talk about mentors and whatnot, I mean, all of my mentors were men because there really weren't any, you know, women further up the ladder uh, to do that. So, you know, and I, you know, I was a, mo a working mom working on a, a career in, you know, advertising as were a lot of my other friends. And there was a lot of pressure on us because, you know, we were the first in a lot of these things. So, you know, you didn't want to say if you had to leave work early because you're, you know, your kid, your kid had a meeting or your kid is sick, you would kind of make up all of these excuses and stuff. And we really were, trying what? to ha trying to have it all really which you can't really have i'm sorry rick what were you going to say chris and i have talked about this and this is a lot of what got us started on this 
as we've gotten older, and Chris, you referred to Chuck Scarborough, formerly, or still from uh, WNBC TV, getting older, getting a little gray in your hair gives you that credibility, gives you that status almost. But as a woman, especially in the TV industry, as Chris has spent his whole life in, um, it's a different set of rules. And I was just wondering if you would comment on aging out from your perspective. Oh, that very much exists. And there and there are other industries. The advertising agency, too, is the same thing. You know, you, you do age out. Once you hit 50 in the ad agency business, unless you're, you know, running the agency, you know, it, that's, that's what happens. You know, they're looking for, you know, younger people, younger blood, pay them less money. And there are a lot of other industries, obviously, where, where, where that happens as well. But it's, you know, there are a lot of statistics on there. Uh, on this now because it's really uh, much more devastating career-wise for a woman in her 50s if she gets laid off. And, you know, we've all known people who've, you know, been in corporate world for years and then suddenly, you know, they're, they're let go. It is much more difficult for them to find a job than a man over 50 who has been laid off from his job. I mean, there's been a lot of statistics around that. You know, you were you were talking about unemployment or, or women who are shown the door or men who are shown the door. Mm-hmm. It's a totally, totally different world now. Oh, it is. Yeah, for sure. And I'm sure it is, mu- it is much more difficult for women, but I can speak for myself. It's also difficult for men when you do. Yeah. And what I think, and this is the other question I wanted to ask you, because clearly if anybody looked at your bio and what you've done and accomplished so far in your life, you've worn different hats and you've reinvented yourself. Particularly, it, it appears like when we hit our 50s and if we do lose that job or are aged out, so to speak, we're not done yet. Prior generations maybe would be approaching 60, early 60s, and the next thought is retirement. This generation, for the most part, I'm not retiring anytime soon if I don't have to, that's for sure. And you have certainly figured out a path of reinventing yourself. Uh, what's, what's been like the challenge and what was the impetus to do that for you as opposed to saying, you know what? I'm done with the advertising world. Screw the business world. I don't want to do any of that anymore. I'm just going to lay back now. But how come you wanted to keep moving forward and reinventing yourself and, and taking on new challenges? Well, I really like to think of it as um, as evolutions and and really refreshing yourself. The word reinvention isn't my favorite word because to me, it always feels like there was something wrong with who you were. So now you had to totally recreate yourself into something different. Yeah. So I, you know, very few of us actually reinvent ourselves. Like maybe if you were um, an advertising executive who decided to become a, uh, a neurosurgeon, that might be a, a true reinvention. But for most of us, most of us, that doesn't really happen. So I think those of us who are, kind of paying attention in our paths going forward, I think what we, what we do is we look at the things that we're good at and the things that we've brought along with us and look at, are there other ways that I can, I can now use those talents and reemploy them? And, and that's, I think, what the difference is. And I think a lot of people actually hit that point, though, and they don't know what to do with themselves. And I, and I see this a lot with, you know, with a lot of women, and I always like to talk to them about this. And they're like, well, now, you know, what do I do now? I've been done this for 30 years. And it's like, well, what are the things you've done along the way that you can now take and 
create something new with that with what with what you can do as opposed to you know some people will get to that point and say okay now i'm not going to do this anymore but i have this great business idea and all they have is an idea that they haven't really thought through it's not anything that they've ever had any experience doing or actually any skill sets for and that ends up getting very frustrating for a lot of people so instead of looking at you know what what are my skill sets? What are the things I'm really passionate about? And taking that forward and creating creating things with that energy and passion. About the the old adage that necessity breeds invention. And in this case, it's a necessity for everybody to figure out something else to do with their life because so much of what people have done for so long is not going to exist as we knew it. Absolutely. So, you know, so for me, it's been an evolution. One thing's, you know, evolved in, in, into another. So, you know, for example, Three Tomatoes has grown and it's, it's been a great journey. And then a year and a half ago, I wrote a novel. And uh, it's, I'll just plug it. It's called, Can You See Us Now? It's kind of based on three best friends who are turning 50, who were, the, the world was their oyster and then they all lose their jobs and they coincidentally form this thing called the Three Tomatoes. But anyway, it tells, it tell, it tells their story. But I self-published the book. It actually did really well. I, I mean, really plays with what I did and I learned a whole lot. And then I started having so many people coming to me and saying, you know, I have a book idea. How did you do this? You know, I'm trying to think of the path of regular traditional publishing versus self-publishing. So I realized, well, I had learned this and I could probably help a lot of people. Plus I had the Three Tomatoes platform to market the book. So I started a book publishing venture and I've, we're now about to publish since last August through now, we're about to publish our sixth book. Let me just remind everybody, you're listening to Middle Age Warriors on the Believe Podcast Network. Chris Amino and Rick Summers in New York with our special guest, Cheryl Benton. Chris, did you have something? Well, you know, I was thinking something that got lost in, in, in time, as most of these things usually do when something worse comes along in terms of a topic. But, you know, the whole Me Too movement and that concept. I'm just curious your experience, particularly because you really were one of the first generations of professional women getting into the man's world, quote unquote, what the experience was like for you and whether they're good, bad, or indifferent experiences that you did have. What would you tell young men today in dealing with women in the, in the business world? What should they do to show respect or, or equality or make women feel comfortable and connected as, as one team, as opposed to still that divisiveness between male and female in the workplace? Yeah, well, I, I, that's, those are great questions. First of all, I have to say that um, there was definitely a lot of sexism, but I never experienced a Me Too mo moment. And all of my mentors, you know, were, were men. So, I mean, I really, um, I am so grateful to so many of, of the men there. And I think what we learned as women in that decade is that, you know, we needed to be able to help the next generation of women coming up because we really weren't able to support each other a lot. And, and there was definitely competition there too. So I think as a generation, we, you know, we learned a lot there too. So I think it's a different situation. In some ways, I think it's, it's much better now 
for uh, for women and men in the workplace. And when I was talking about earlier, when I was when I was early in my career, like if you had to get home for kids, you didn't want to say anything. Now what's so great is because guys are saying, you know what, I have to leave at five o'clock because you know this is my night to cook dinner for the kids, or I'm taking the kids wherever. So it's so much more acceptable now to be a you know a parent and be in the workplace. So I think that's helped a lot. And, you know, respect is respect. I mean, that that's, you're either a guy who respects w- women or you're not. So, and that's whether you're in the workplace or, you know, you're anywhere. So hopefully, uh, you well, know, and it's you- a little scarier now because, you know, I think God, God, do you feel that? Do you feel that it's a little scarier now with the Me Too thing? Do you that's think a- differently with women? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I kind of, I was raised in an environment, my dad, really was always very respectful of women. So I never really saw that. I mean, I saw it in the workplace and I didn't really like that behavior. Uh, That's not to give me a pat on the back for being anything special other than, like you said, respect is respect. That's how I always viewed it. But I will tell you that, yes, I am much more conscious now when I'm in that type of environment around women, just physicality, where I might normally, just out of a friendly gesture, touch a shoulder as I'm talking to them, not meaning anything, but now you sort of, you have to think about that. I mean, when I was on NBC, they were having these hugging uh, lessons. You could only hug like for the count of two and then you had to separate. It's kind of, but that's the type of environment we're in right now. Well, it's interesting because one of the things I learned going through graduate school for social work is you have to keep separation between you and your client. And how many times, and Chris, you know this, and Cheryl, I think you'll probably know it too. I'm a touchy-feely, give a hug kind of guy. That's just who I am. That's my nature. But that is so frowned upon now that I actually find myself stepping back and not wanting to make somebody feel uncomfortable just because I feel comfortable. I noticed this a lot with a friend of mine who I went to school with who was from London. She was very reserved and very different. And I was very quick to put my arms around and say, Philip, it's so good to see you. Uh, and and she was so taken aback by that. So then you start to talk about it culturally, but socially now, um, it definitely is something that we're all very, very aware of. And going through the 2016 presidential election with everything that came out then, I don't think we could help but be aware. You're still seeing some of the fallout of that. Yeah, and I think it's good that there is fallout because I think people need to be aware. But even things like colleagues going out for a drink after work. I mean, I think that's probably changing too, where you wouldn't have thought too much about it before. Now it's like, uh uh-oh, you know, what are people going to think? Or so I guess we're just all more aware of some of the issues we should have been been aware of before that we probably weren't in terms of how people might feel differently with our with our actions, but. You know, hopefully it doesn't make us less genuine and less social people. Yeah, hopefully yeah, well, yeah, the awareness should correct the misbehavior and not, not take away from the behavior that was fine from the beginning. That's I mean, well put. <clears throat> what is the one piece of sage advice in your professional life that you could go back and want to make a Hallmark card out of? Wow, that's a big question. I think the thing not is to... Happy Mother's Day. N- no, I think yeah. it's to just not to give not to give up you know and not to be afraid of trying new things i think i think it's fear that keeps so many people from actually evolving or 
following their dreams or whatever their passions are. And our belief at the three tomatoes is you're, you're never too old to live your dreams or passions. And I'll give you an example of that. We started, we do a lot of events and um, my personal very favorite one, because it's an annual event is called the uh, tomatoes got talent show. And we started this seven years ago. And the whole premise was, um, uh, you have to be a woman over 40 to enter, and you can't currently be earning your living as a professional performer. So because a lot of people we know started out, you know, they wanted to be singers or whatever, and, it, you know, they didn't quite make it or life got in the way and they went on to become other things. And it's been the most extraordinary, inspiring thing. We have had doctors, lawyers, social workers, retired teachers, you name it, who step on the stage and they have the most phenomenal talent. And the great thing about it is many of them have now gone into well, what was the New York City cabaret scene, scene? Some of them have actually won Mac Awards now. They're doing their own shows. It's been terrific. So they're, uh, and they've been anywhere in our youngest winner was 41, and our oldest contestant was 85, and she knocked it out of the ballpark. She didn't really? win, but she's incredible. She sings all that jazz. She's adorable. So, you know that's a great example of not you know not giving up on the things that you cared about yeah i, I think hitting this age the one thing and, and i ask you if you agree with this that as you get older into your 40s and then 50s and then 60s the, the sense of fear tends to diminish about trying something new it's kind of the i don't give up anymore <laughs> and it, it tends to grow and i always remember my mom saying that when she would start to I found as my mom got older, like the filter between the brain and the mouth started to dissipate. <laughs> I earned it. I don't care. I earned the right to say this. And at first I thought that was a little harsh, but I get the premise of that now. And I understand where that's coming from because you, you do start to feel less afraid of what people think. Do we really, why do we care so much about what people think? And do you find that as you're, you know, aging through this now and, and working through this part of your life? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, when you're younger, you're always thinking about, oh, well, what would they think if I do this or I say that? Or, you know, if you think you said something in a meeting you shouldn't have, I remember I would agonize over it. Meanwhile, no one else has remembered it, but, right. you know, we beat up ourselves about it. So there's, uh, yeah, I think there's a lot less of that as 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 we get older. So there's so, good things about getting older. A lot of them. One, just getting older. <laughs> Personally, I like getting older. I'm thrilled not to be uh, one of my graduate students at this juncture. I'm glad to have burned the pavement under my feet that I've burned for the past number of years. I'm, I'm happy being this age. I like getting older. I like the fact that I have lived a very imperfect life and made a lot of mistakes along the way. Well, that, that makes for a, an enriched life, really. Unfortunately, sometimes the mistakes are, are tough, but you do grow from them as long as you use it that way. But in moving forward, Cheryl, for you, I mean, you've already accomplished plenty. Is there anything in particular looking ahead down the road that you'd still like to accomplish or achieve or experience? You know, I, I've never been a long-term planner. You know, there are a lot of people who had they planned out every piece of their career and they've done very well with that. I've just kind of gone with the flow and I get up every morning and I always see it as a new day, as new opportunities. I usually wake up with, you know, a dozen 
different ideas, some of which I, you know, maybe one of them I might actually pursue, the other one I might stick someplace um, <laughs> back in my brain someplace. But I just want to keep doing, you know, new things, having fun with my life, meeting really interesting women. I mean, the, the greatest thing that happened to me with the three tomatoes is how it opened up my world. Because what I've said to people for so many years, and you pro probably felt this too in your career, maybe Chris, you know, my whole world was the advertising world and community. So everyone I knew lived in Brie, all my friends were from there. And it was kind of like, you know, we lived in the circus and we only knew the people in the circus. Once I left that circus and when I started the Three Tomatoes, I started to meet people I would never have met before. And and that has been an incredible, to me, a really incredible experience. So, you know, I hope to keep to keep continuing to do that and maybe inspire some other people along the way. Carol, before I forget, I need you to plug your website. Oh, it's the3tomatoes.com. The three is spelled out, the3tomatoes.com. And people should sign up for our newsletters and uh, they'll find out about our podcast or events. We cover every topic. You know, it's a, it's a lifestyle guide. So we cover everything from, you know, shopping, fashion, travel, relationships, dating, you name it, we cover it. It's kind of what we're sort of dipping our toe into on this end, from a male perspective anyway. What I do like is that you're kind of bringing a sense of relevancy back to being this age. This goes back to the whole demographic concept, uh, which I right. still don't understand. Because generally speaking, Cheryl, people in our age group probably have more money to spend on things than younger people have, but yet they focus demographically on the young people who have probably a much more debt and have less money to spend on vacations and fancy cars, et cetera, et cetera. So I always found that a little odd, but I think it's it has to shift because we're very vibrant, alive people into our 60s and 70s now. Exactly. And it's great. It's great to have people like us giving a, a different face to what it means to be 50, 60, 70, 80. I mean, I know some of the most incredible people in their 80s. I'm sure you all do too, who are just living fabulous, vibrant lives. But when you say the number, like you're very good, you say your age. I don't actually say my age. It's not being hypocritical. And of course, anyone can look it up because, you know, we live in the world where nothing is a secret anymore. But 29. to me, it's just, it's not, and I don't mind, first of all, I really never think about age i i actually forget i actually forget my age sometimes and then once okay. in a while it catches up and i'm like oh my god i'm actually that age but it's it's the number because if you throw a number out to someone people they get this image in their head of what you know what does 60 look like what does 70 look like what does 80 look like you know we've had these images that have been put there by marketers and the media and we're starting to see that change. Now it's great to see people like like Jane Fonda, you know, representing women in their 80s and, and Meryl Streep and other, you know, really incredible aging actresses who are out there. And you're like, well, wow, that's, that's what 80 could look like. Or that's what 80 can be like, even if it's not even look like, but you can be vibrant right. and active and engaged. Are you upbeat moving forward? in whatever message you're packaging as far as getting through this whole virus and quarantine and changing our life and the quote unquote new normal. Do you feel pretty upbeat? Yes, I do. And we've been, you know, we publish almost six newsletters a week. So we really 
have we've stayed very current in what's going on but we're trying to do it in things that can help people things that keep people positively engaged one of the things that i did uh, very early on <laughs> it seems years ago when this started but maybe about a week after after our lockdown started in new york i have a lot of friends in new york city women friends who are on their own and i thought well that's kind of a that's kind of a scary thing so i started a zoom cocktail party and like the first week, it was so novel. I think I had 40 people come out. I said, what, well, number one, this is way too many people. But now as we've got along, you know, there's fewer and fewer people. Now everyone's like, oh no, I've already got another one that day. We've managed to fill in our calendars pretty darn well. But but that's it, it's been a great way for a lot of us to really connect with each other in a different way and on some level um i hope that continue you know i hope those connections continue because i'm feeling a lot more of that how about you guys yeah I, I i was thinking about that the other day that i'm probably in contact more now than i had been with friends that geographically get removed a little bit so and before you know it geez i haven't talked to that person in three months for some reason this scenario because we have more downtime uh, we're focused on making those connections. And some of them have really been great, uh, very moving really, because we're having conversations that some of these people I've been friends with since I was 12, 13, 10 years old, to still connect today in this scenario, I think that's one positive that certainly has come out of this. And yeah. hopefully, like you said, now, now there's momentum here. Let's keep it going. You know? Right. And there's something about being able to see people on Zoom too that's so different than a phone call. And I did, I did, we had a group of high school friends. We did, we did one not long ago and it was great. And everybody was from all over the country and we did a check-in and we hadn't seen each, you know, seen each other since our last reunion, which was, I don't know, five or six years ago, but it was just great to be able to do that. And we wouldn't have it done is. it otherwise. I think we're, uh, we're almost at the, uh, the finish line here for this edition. You've been a, such a pleasure to talk to and a breath of fresh air. And I want to thank you. I know Chris probably thank wants you. to thank you too. Oh, this is so much fun. Thank you. And the time flew by. I really appreciate it. We're the other side of uh, the three tomatoes. We're the three dill pickles. We're the two dill pickles. I like that. Third. That's good pickle. We'll, we'll find when they're easy to come by. Cheryl, it's been just a joy to talk with you. And uh, I look forward to seeing you again soon. And uh, thank you. Thank you so much for carving out some time for us on uh, the Believe Podcast Network. Pleasure. Cheryl, pleasure. Stay safe, okay? Thank you. You Be too. good. Feel good. Thank you. All right. Take care. Have a great day. I'll talk to you soon, okay? okay. Bye. Bye-bye. That was pretty good. Yeah, I have to tell you, I mean, she's, I love her energy. I love yeah. how she is in the midst of all of this. And, she's and, pretty uh, upbeat. Yeah, and I, and I think in terms of conceptually, yes, this is the middle-aged warriors. And it's funny, this show so far, I think we've kind of been even on male guests and female guests. But I yeah. think that's... That's an important part of being this age and also understanding both sides because we are all dealing with each other and there is a similar vein to being mm -hmm. middle-aged. There's a lot of things that we're dealing with together, male or female, and I think it's kind of cool to get both perspectives. Well, and that's why I'm happy to talk to her about aging out and, you know, and from a TV perspective and a visual perspective, you know, where people are looking at you and, and they're saying, oh, so-and-so doesn't look so good anymore. And they're, they're starting to get shoved aside because there's somebody newer, younger, fresher. I mean, that's that's what you, you were the younger, fresher for a long time. 
one time, yeah. But, uh, you know, I always say, though, it, and, it, and there is a difference. I still think there's a double standard with women, of course. We talked about that a bit. I agree. I think it's gray hair. He's <clears throat> distinct and experienced. A woman gets gray hair on television and she's extinguished and it's time to go. I mean, and that's unfortunate. That's a sad fact of, of you know, the industry. Yeah. It's still like that, which is kind of really odd that there has been very, very little shift in, along those lines. But in any event, uh, it was great speaking with her. Great catching up with you again, Rick, uh, on the uh, Middle Age Warriors podcast. I'm going to say sunshine always and everybody stay well. Be good. Feel good. We'll catch you next time. Hey, if you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes, preferably five stars, no thinking. Uh, we're available also on your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com, that's B-L-E-A-V.com, and at Believe Podcasts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.